Welcome back to Blitz Creek, week three. It's not really week three, it's week nine of high school football. So, welcome back, Josh. How's it going, Glenn? It's good. So, last week, our game of the week was... Taswell and Marion. Taswell and Marion. And um, I can't believe I forgot that. So, <laughs> the back of the Dragon Bowl. Yeah, the back of the Dragon Bowl. Even though Taswell doesn't use the back of the Dragon to get to Marion. We drove all the way to Withful and down 81. Did anybody get sick? No one got sick. It wasn't that lucky for the band. But there were a lot of kids that were asleep on the bus <laughs> and asleep when we got to Marion. And it showed in the first half. <laughs> Final score didn't show that way, but it did. Um, all right, so this week we have Union and Lebanon. They're both in a bye. So Lebanon, they don't have to worry about what happened to them last week. Uh, Lebanon's licking their wounds right now, Glenn, after, um, after what happened in Mitchell Stadium. And it's basically exactly what we thought was going to happen. <laughs> Um, hopefully they stopped by either Elmar's or stopped by Fisher and Company and got some good food either on the way there or on the way back because it was a running clock. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I checked the score and I was like, well, um, I hope they ate well. <laughs> Let's get started into this week's matchups. Uh, first and foremost, we have Lee. Traveling to Central. Uh, I don't think either team had a good week last week. Well, Central definitely didn't have a good a good week last week. But Lee played pretty well. So Lee, you know, they're coming off a tight game um, with Gate City. I think the final score of that game was 26-19. Gate City turned the ball over a few times, and Lee was pretty opportunistic with those turnovers. Kept it really close, a whole lot closer than what what I thought the game would be. But, you know, you turn the ball over, you give you give a, a team life that shouldn't have life, and uh, you can find yourself in a ball game. That's also par for the course for Gate City at this point. We talked about it last week. Gate City can play well or not play well. They... They didn't play all that well last week against Lee, so um, Lee was definitely definitely made it a ball game a whole lot closer than what we thought. But I see Lee and Central as this is a game of haves and have have nots, <laughs> right? Um, and basically, anyone that's going to be playing against Central is going to be the haves. Central got thrashed by Union which is exactly what we thought would happen. I think the final score of that one was 48 to nothing. Yes. And uh, the the score's not going to be 48 to nothing this week, but Lee is heads and above the favorite here. You, know, you look at you look at Lee, they're trying to keep pace with Gate City for that five spot. Um, that was a that was a big matchup for them last week. But um, I see them rebounding quite easily in this one. I mean, last week you had – they scored in the second half on a 48-yard fumble recovery 
by Andrew Holmes. And then they had a three-yard run by Connor Early. So, and then Grayson Huff um, was the lone first-half scorer for them. Apparently the kicking game wasn't in it because, I mean, you have three scores and it's 19 to – I mean, they have 19 points. So, the kicking game wasn't there. <laughs> no, this probably a whole lot like Tazewell, um, <laughs> given the kicking game. But, no, if – if Lee plays the way they're capable of playing this week, you know they're they're a two-score favorite in this one easily. With with the running game of Huff, who had 84 yards last week, um, and then Holmes sitting here with seven solo tackles. Apparently, he did it all by himself on defense. To a certain extent, I mean he's he's a guy that's kind of running the show on the defensive end, uh, defensive side of the ball. Uh, Lee right now is kind of leading the best of the rest, and and I don't see that changing right now um yeah i like lee i like lee in this one lee lee's back on pace to to make it back in the playoffs and stay stay quite healthy in the seven or eight so yeah i agree yeah they're going to get back to 500 this week yeah four yeah um now let's travel uh from central up into where is ridgeview ridgeview Dickinson County. So we're going just across the way um, over oh, yeah. to Dickinson County for the Wolfpack. We're, we're going over to Clintwood. <laughs> so I think – did Abingdon play last week? Abingdon was awful. They were in the bye last week. And Ridgeview – They were open last week, Lynn. They're not they're – not, Oh, yeah, it was open. Sorry. <laughs> they're, they're open. They're not playing in a tournament. There is no bye week. They even put open on the on the notes. <laughs> so, so Ridgeview, 28 over uh, John Battle, which had 12. Um, in this game, we've been bouncing around with Abingdon. Does Abingdon have their legs underneath them coming into this week? Uh, I think Abingdon does have their legs underneath them. If you look at the last four or five games Abingdon's played, they've scored 30 or more points in every single one of them. Um, there's been a couple of games where they put up, you know, 48, 49 points. So this is a this is a big game for Ridgeview. Ridgeview's sitting number three in Region D right now, 2A. Uh, they're trying to stay ahead of us, Tazewell, um, for that third spot. This is a game where they could really solidify themselves as third place in Region D and kind of separate themselves and say, it, it really doesn't matter what Tazewell does the rest of the way. Um, it'd be hard to catch them points-wise right. um, for that third spot. Um, this but this is also a super game Abingdon team that has turned their season around, got their quarterback back, and have really been able to put up points. So, As we saw when we thought Marion was going to be close, it was 42-13. Right, which was just another week where Abingdon put up more than 40 points. Um, I think that was their second week in a row at that point, putting up more than 40 points. Ridgeview goes and plays, you know, a John Battle team that, you know, we thought that game might be close, but 
I really didn't expect I didn't expect John Battle to play them as well as they did. But at the same time, that is the MO for a Ridgeview team that goes to Union and holds a halftime lead at Union, but then is up 14, uh, 14 to nothing against John Battle at the half. John Battle and Union are not in the same league. No, no. So, but that, that is what Ridgeview has done throughout the season. They go to Virginia High. They win 16 to nothing. Really, it's 14 to nothing. Virginia High gives up a safety in that game. Um, so they they tend to play down to their opponent, it seems like, or maybe they were just trying to weather the storm with a union hangover, being in that football game as, right. as close as they were and not coming out with the W. Uh, maybe, maybe that's what was happening to Ridgeview, but it also fits their MO throughout the entire season. They, they just they haven't blown people out. Or beating people the way you would expect them to win. I mean, Ridgeview's six and one, seven and one now, and um, John Battle is two and five. Um, so a lot closer game than what I thought. If Ridgeview doesn't play well this week, Abingdon will beat them. This may be a really close game. May be interesting to see if Ridgeview can score with Abingdon. If Abingdon continues to score the way they do and Ridgeview struggles scoring, um, Abingdon walk away with a with a big W. So I'm going to say this game is up to who's got the kicker. I'm, I'm going to say it's a three-point ball game. Uh, we all know Abingdon has kickers. They do. <laughs> um, I'm going to take Ridgeview in a close one on this one. Um, just given their pass, I think that they can they can get it out and how they played Union. Um, I, I would take Ridgeview with a three-point game on this one. There's, there's a distinct possibility. I'm trying to take into consideration what a bus ride from Abingdon to Ridgeview is like. I mean, I've driven it plenty of times, uh, calling basketball games for the VHSL or, or baseball games over at Ridgeview. Uh, I, I do try to take that into consideration, but I like Abbott in, in this one, 24-17. All right. So let's take a big leap and leave <laughs> Dickinson County, and um, we're going to head to Pulaski County, where the G-Men play a tough opponent. It doesn't appear that way when you look at the, the records because – um, Pulaski's two and five, um, and Graham is undefeated, but I don't think, I mean, they played Princeton really hard when Pulaski met up against the Tigers. So what's the take on this with, with Graham playing Lebanon 59-14 with Clements having two touchdown runs and then Dalton Roberts throwing all over the field, uh, to multiple receivers in this game, um, how do you feel about it? Well, Graham's getting healthy. And they're getting healthy at the right time. Pulaski is 2-4, two 2-5. and 2-5. Two and 2-5 two and two and right now. But that record is not indicative to the type of football team that, that they are. The 
the level of competition that Pulaski is playing is heads above, you know, two A football in Southwest Virginia. Right. Um, even even if you take into consideration Union and Graham, you know, they're playing five uh, A football in Roanoke. Um, they're playing. You were talking about the Princeton game. Princeton beats Pulaski at Princeton, 49-42. And Princeton is the number five team in 3A in in West Virginia. Um, Pulaski's nowhere close to being the number five team in 3A or 4A in in Virginia. Um, And they they played Princeton as close as anyone's played them. They hadn't beaten them yet. So, you know, Pulaski is definitely going to be a challenge. They run the wing tee. It's going to be a challenge for Graham. Um, But, like I said, Graham's getting healthy at the right time. So, it's a challenge for Graham to play Pulaski at this point. It's a challenge for Pulaski to try to keep things together. You know, they're two and five. Don't want to hang your head. This is an opportunity for them to get a, a big win. I don't know what the points look like for a Pulaski team and their and their playoff chances, but you know they get a they get a win against you know a very good Graham football team. It's a lot of points uh, in the playoff picture for Pulaski. They get a couple wins, you know, to finish out the season, and and they might they might be looking at a playoff berth. So it's kind of a motivation. Who, does Pulaski have the motivation to play well against Graham, or are they packing it in at this point? Graham is not going to pack it in. They're they're unpacking all their bags from being injured, right, and getting back out onto the field. Um, I like Pulaski in this game, but it's tight. It's a coin flip, twenty one nineteen. I mean, we saw earlier when Union came to town, uh, Todd Draz was not healthy. Um, at points, he was still limping in that game. Um, I think if those two teams meet back up, it's probably different than what we saw. Uh, so I'm going to – I really think that Pulaski's got enough motor to to fight these guys like you're saying. But I, I still think Graham has enough in the tank. I mean, we have um, – Blake Graham and Chris Edwards with touchdowns in the game. And then Daniel Jennings, Gabe Lilly, uh, Omarion Hill, uh, Gamble Fix, Fix, all of them getting into the end zone for for Graham last week. And then, of course, they got a 32-yard field goal uh, right. from the kicker. It was a touchdown fest. Right. We we said it was going to be a touchdown fest against Lebanon, a Lebanon team that had just given up uh, 34 to roll retreat. Right. So there was no doubt in my mind whether or not Graham is getting healthy at this point or not, you know, what, what was going to happen in that game. And, and Graham just, they did what they, they did what they were supposed to do. Yeah. They took a team that's below their level and beat them the way they're supposed to beat them. That's something that Ridgeview hasn't done. We go back to that Ridgeview thought process. They just don't beat the teams that they're supposed to beat the way they're supposed to beat them. Graham does. When when Union's beating people, though, it's with that halfback. Right. Um, I mean, that's where all of their offense is coming from. And with Graham, we're seeing that the motor's now starting to turn to other people besides, hey, we don't have Ty Drez, so we're not doing anything. 
no, you're starting to pull it all together with Tadrez getting healthy. Right, right. Yeah. So, both take Graham in this one. Nope, I'm taking Pulaski. You just changed. No, I took Pulaski. 21-19. I think it's a close. Oh, you took Pulaski. Okay, I missed that. No, you're good. I just I think it's a toss up. It's just a motivation for Pulaski. I think Pulaski is good enough to beat Graham. Um, if Graham were playing Princeton, I think Princeton's good enough to beat Graham. Right. Um, and Pulaski and Princeton are on the same. They're on the same wavelength. Um, and like I said, Pulaski's record is not indicative of the kind of football team that they are. They're just they're playing. They're playing big time football in in the Roanoke area. And all that. So, you know, if if Pulaski plays well, I think they can beat Graham. I think it's a tight game. You know, 21-19. So, we talked about <laughs> Tazwell getting sick traveling to Marion. Grundy <laughs> is traveling to Marion to play the Scarlet Hurricanes. Yep. Um, the Hurricanes did not have a good game uh, with only seven on the board. <laughs> they were led by Parker Wolf. Only 52 yards. Uh, he caught a 17-yard scoring pass from Reed Osborne. Uh, Jalen Miller ran for 35 yards for the Canes, so it wasn't a big night for them. We'll talk about Tazewell in a little bit. But Grundy has now solidified themselves as the Lone Wolf, winning the Black Diamond District last <laughs> week. Um, so, what's... I think there's a clear winner, but what are your thoughts on this, Josh? Well, Grundy, Grundy could play really well against Marion. When you think about motivation, uh, Marion's sitting outside the playoffs. They're they're two and five at this point. Um, Grundy coming off a coming off a win, they beat Hurley. Play really well. They put up 50 points. They win their district. They they may think that this is an opportunity just to get another win and move up in those single-A rankings as far as playoffs are concerned. Um, you know, I would like to say that Marion's going to go out and play really well, but the past two weeks Marion has not played well. Is that indicative to the types of teams that they play? They played us last week. Abingdon the week before, mm-hmm. and they were completely shut down. You you talked about uh, Marion's touchdown um, reception. That was with a running clock in the fourth quarter, with you know three or four minutes to go in the game. Um, you talk about the Abingdon football game. They scored first against Abingdon through the air, and they scored another touchdown late in that game, through the air. So you're talking about a flex bone wing tee football team that, that can't score on the ground and hadn't run very well. Is Grundy the kind of team where Mary can, Marion can get it back on track? I, I, don't, I don't know. It, it will, at this point in the season, we're, we're at week nine, Teams that find themselves at two and five, you know, what's their motivation? You're still talking about a 16-year-old kid that's also a basketball player, that's also a wrestler, that's also a baseball player, that's also doing 
doing other sports, have they packed it in? It'll be whether or not Marion's coaching staff can keep them motivated, keep them in the game, and take advantage of this. This could be where Marion makes a push to the playoffs. If Marion wins this, Lebanon's in a bye. They now move to eight. They do. They now move to eight. So that could be the that could be the deciding factor sitting there for Marion. Hey, we get this game. Maybe, maybe that could be it. Because after that, they have Richlands and V High. Two are, winnable games. Those are two winnable football games. I mean, then then you're talking about finishing five and five. But yeah. do you give your but do you give yourself the opportunity opportunity to finish five and five because you packed it in when you were two and five? Right. You know. Can the coaching staff at Marion keep them together, keep them pushing towards this five and five thought process? Because five and five gets you into the playoffs. It will get you into the playoffs. Because you look at Lebanon the rest of the way, um, you know, their Lebanon is Three and five, they're going to have to. V has two and five. Yeah, Virginia has two and five. Lebanon is three and five, but Lebanon's not going to get to five and five. No. Not with the not with their remaining schedule. I mean, they got V high and Tassel. And both of those games, the Virginia high game is a coin flip. Maybe I think Virginia high is better, and then we go into we go into Russell County last week of the season and um, trying to, to <laughs> either keep our position or move yeah, our position or, up or, in the playoffs. Or move up in the playoffs. We don't want to move back. No. Well I don't I don't think that the I don't think that we will. So Marion's got an opportunity. It's just do they take advantage of it? Prediction. Marion twenty one, Grundy fourteen. I'd take Marion in this one too. Um so now, these the, the 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 two schools aren't familiar with each other, but the coaching staff definitely is. Richlands travels to Galax to face good old Shane Allen. Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, where do where do I start with Richlands? So, we yeah. talked about it last. We talked about it last week, literally. We said, you know, Tartar's going to have them ready, mm-hmm. thinking this is our opportunity to get to get our win, to get our W. And he did. He had them ready. But I also said, will Coach Patterson be able to keep those kids at Virginia High motivated and in it? And he did the same thing too, and it was a awesome football game. 28-24. 28-24. Richlands has the lead with 19 seconds left, and they have somewhat of an iffy snap on a punt. And the punter, listen, irregardless of what happens, Virginia High's taking it over deep into Richlands' territory. He throws it up, throws an interception. Um, it it was probably a better scenario for Richlands that he throws the interception right. because at least they bag it up. Because if he gets tackled where where he was, Vihai gets the ball on the ten yard line. Um, but oh oh, it's so painful. 
Um, I watched the game. I watched the end of the game on NFHS, and I, I, I feel for that kid, for that punter. Um, but, you know, turnovers change football games. And Virginia High took, took advantage. Like, even if that kid punts it and it gets tipped, Virginia High's taken over on the 20-yard on the line, the 30-yard line, 25-yard line anyway. The bad snap just killed it for him. Right. Um, so it's painful for me to even relive. For Ridgelands fans, and I'm, I'm a Tazewell coach, it, it's really unbelievable. But even with that being said, on the last play of the game where Virginia High scores their touchdown, Richlands doesn't even line up to cover everybody. Mm. They – you could just see the utter complete chaos that happened when when that when that last when that punt interception happened for Richlands. Galax, you know, fourteen six at Giles. Fourteen six at Giles. I don't. Galax is not a good football team. Coach Allen would admit that they're probably not the best football team that he's had at Galax. But they're fighters. They're they're going to line up correctly. They're going to make you earn it. Um, whether or not they can score enough points is is another is another question. But on the defensive side of the ball, Galax will make you earn it. Um, coin flip on this one. Uh, I do like Galax because it's going to be at Galax. It, playing at Galax is worth it. It's worth some points. It's a long ride from Richlands yes. to Galax. So I'll take Galax in this one and a tight one. Probably going to be something like 15 to 9. <laughs> I feel like there's going to be some missed extra points and probably a couple of safeties. <laughs> I'm going to take, as I said last time, I'm taking the tornado. I don't think... I'm going to pick them throughout the season until they do because they're not going to lose every game. I, I just feel it. They're going to win one, and I think Galax will be that one. Um, Tartar knows Allen. Allen knows Tartar. Um, not as much as, as Tartar would know Allen because under Mance, he's doing the game film and all of that under under Mance for Shane. So, yeah, very true. Um, I, I think that – I think that Tartar goes in with a slight – I know it's in Galax, but I just think Tartar will go in with a slight edge and pull the victory out something as 15-14 Richlands. I like it. I like it. Um, now we come back home to discuss Taswell-Giles. Um, anytime that this game's been discussed throughout town this week, it's, well, what do you think? What do you think? Giles isn't who Giles was when Mance was coaching at Richlands. Um, and I put I say that because that's basically when their heyday was too. Um, they've kind of slowed down and they're not who they were. Um, so what's your thoughts? Uh, Giles is – they're still a single-wing football team, um, but they're a little bit more multiple in their formations. They're not just lining up in that single wing and – and, and running single wing plays, they're 
They're a little bit more multiple than that. But at the same time, they struggle moving the football. Um, they really struggle moving the football. I've watched um, quite a bit of film at this point, and you know, you're used to Giles being able to stay on schedule offensively, be really efficient, three, four, or five yards a carry. If they are getting it to fourth down, it's fourth and short. Um, this is not the same same Giles team that you've seen in the past. And when I say the past, pre-COVID. Um, so, you know, I, they've struggled throughout the year. Um, they played a tight game against Narrows. Narrows, Narrows is a decent football team, um, but they Narrows also gave up 74 points to, <laughs> to Honeaker <laughs> last week. Um, so, you know, Taz will – I don't think the weather is going to be great. It's probably going to be a little bit cold and rainy from what I understand. Yes. Um, it'll be whether or not, you know, we can just play the, you know, play the football game that, that we know that we can play. We play pretty well in the rain. We mm -hmm. run it pretty good in the rain. Had a rain game against Virginia High, threw it really well. You know, last week we, we got off the bus asleep, and it showed in the first half. I mean, Carter Creasy's 14 to 28 for, what, 375? 312. Or 312. He throws five touchdown passes. He could have had seven or eight. Uh, we had – he's 14 of 28, and he's – if you take the drops into consideration, he's probably 24 of 28 for 500-plus yards. I mean, the very first play of the game, um, I, I won't mention his name, but we had – We'd schemed up a perfect play. Kids running scot free down the middle of the field, and we just drop it. We just drop it. We have probably seven drops in the first half where, you know, they either kill drives or they're touchdowns where we're just running free in the secondary after scheming up scheming up Marion. And Giles plays a lot of the same same type of defense. So, you know, I see us being able to do what we want. It's whether or not we can execute. I think we will execute um, at least good enough to beat Giles. Um, so, you know, I like us in this matchup. It's definitely not the Giles of old. Um, but Giles will be game. They, they are certainly not quitters. No. Um, the one thing that's standing out to me about the past game was Reese Mullins was, Reese Mullins was six tackles. He had three tackles for losses, and uh, Brock Alley added seven tackles, including two for loss. So when you add those two linebackers with Kazon um, and his brother, the defense can just rally around. And I think – I don't think it'll be a shutout because we've done really good in the, the fourth quarter to put in some fresh legs and give some experience to some kids. So I do think Giles scores um, – but it, it, I agree with you. It looks like it's going to be a Marion game in this one. And listen, the, the Marion-Tazel game, at, at the half it's 18 to nothing. And it could have easily have been 42 to nothing. Now whether or not we can kick an extra point or we, <laughs> or we give our new kicker, um, um, Luke, an, an opportunity to, to kick an extra point is one thing. But – 
We could have easily and should have. It's not that we could have easily done it. I mean, we just dropped, we just dropped footballs yes. running scot free. Realistically, thirty-eight to seven is not indicative of the kind of football game that was played last Friday night. The defense for Tazewell, and shout out to Coach McDaniel's on getting them ready and and tackling and just the. That was a sound of football game as starters against um, against Marion. You know, as, as Marion's seen. Even going back to the Abingdon game, where Abingdon, you know, beats them like a drum. But Marion scores first. Mm-hmm. Um, has you know some sustained drives, and you know Abingdon can't get them off the field and stuff like that. We we got them off the field. Um, we kept them in third and long. Um, kept them guessing and made a ton of negative plays. So you know, kudos to Coach McDaniel. And uh, and the defensive staff, I think Coach Harris and Coach McDaniel have really really gotten the defense um, on the right track at the right time. Yeah, and Carter throwing five different touchdowns to Walker Patterson, Brody Patterson, Logan McDonald, Kazon, and uh, a name that if we'd been doing this podcast all season long, we would not have mentioned until now, Hunter Snap. One reception for 50 yards, and that one reception was a touchdown. So kudos to all those kids and um, to Carter for sharing the wealth. Yeah, shout out to Hunter. Um, he he got his opportunity and took full advantage of it. Um, it, was a, it was a beautiful throw, but it was just as good a catch. Um, I really thought he might force Gump it and just keep on running through the back of the end zone. <laughs> but... Um, he, he put the brakes on about three yards deep out the back of the end zone. Um, so shout out to Hunter and, and great job. So now we're going to leave Tazewell, go back to Bristol, where or we're not going to Bristol. We're going to talk about the Bristol team. We're talking about Viha traveling to Jenkins, Kentucky. Didn't know much about Jenkins. Started looking into Jenkins when we, we started putting this stuff down. I'm just going to throw it out there. It's not going to be a game. I hate to say that because these are high school kids. I don't know how many kids they have on the team, but this is a Bland situation where Bland goes in, or they go to Bland, and Bland beats them 27-8. to Yeah, shout-out to Coach Hart and Bland, the Bland Bears. Um, they – they got themselves a W last Friday, so kudos to them. This is a get-your-mind-right game for Virginia High. Yes. Uh, to, to, make that, to make that final push uh, to the end of the season, uh, Virginia High gets this, gets this win easily. Uh, I don't know what else we need to even talk about in this one. Um, I like Virginia High and Virginia High big. Agree. Now – um, as we talked about, our game of the week last week was the Dragon Bowl. Now we're going to travel. We're, we're traveling to Bristol now. Yes, we are uh, traveling yeah, we, to, we Bristol are going now. to Bristol. And you may think, why? We think this could be the best game if you're just wanting close games with scores, good football. Gate City versus John Battle. Uh, we got the Blue Devils facing the Trojans. What's your thoughts? Well. 
the team that makes the, the fewest mistakes will win? Will John Battle be the team that turns it over? Will Gate City be the team that turns it over? Will they both turn it over? More than likely. <laughs> it's, going to, it's going to be, you know, cold and sloppy and wet. Um, if, I, if I just look at my notes, one of the things that I, I wrote down was, you know, sloppy football. Um, Gate City could easily beat John Battle, but they should have easily beaten Lee. Right, but Lee Lee picks up a fumble for forty eight yard touchdown. You know, John Battle should have beat Virginia High at the beginning of the season. They turned the ball over four times in their own territory, erasing any scoring opportunities. Lose that football game. I've I've talked about John Battle all year long being you know Jekyll and Hyde Battle. Well, Gate City is not far from that. Um, Gate City is a team that could play with Ridgeview, beat Ridgeview last year. You know, Ridgeview goes to Gate City, and, and Gate City gets the gets the big win against um, a Ridgeview team that was that was really good last year. Um, but you know, Gate City could be that kind of team, but they haven't proven to do it consistently. So, you know, you know this this might be the best game to watch, mainly because you know Battle played pretty well against Ridgeview. Um, Gate City was able to overcome their turnovers against Lee, which proves that they should have beaten Lee handily. Um, so this is this is for John Battle's playoff life. And this is the opportunity for Gate City to try to keep pace with the rest of the playoffs, the playoff teams above them. If, right. if they can't get this W, then they're they're destined to travel in the first round of the playoffs. If they get this win, then they can keep pace and hope for someone to lose down the road or get a big get a big win somewhere that, that could that could change it at the end of the season. Um, so this might be the best game to watch. It may be because it's a really close game. It may not be because it's the best football that's being played. Right. But right. at the same time it, it may just be this is a really good football game that goes back and forth and it'll be who wants to lose it less. <laughs> My thing is looking at our notes is I think it's going to come down to Bledsoe. Oh, I agree, a hundred percent. Can they contain Bledsoe, and does Bledsoe not turn the ball over? Because um, when you have a quarterback that's mobile and he takes off on you, that's the big thing. If, but that's that's going to be the key for both teams. Um, you could put it on Bledsoe's shoulders because he's good enough to go out there and win it. Um, but at the same time, whichever team can minimize the mistakes, and I'm talking big mistakes, whoever can minimize the turnovers and the team that can capitalize on the turnovers, because there, there's going to be turnovers in this football game. It's, oh, yeah. It's who has less and who can take advantage of those. So, you know, coin flip on this one. I like Gate City because I think Gate City is a better football team than John Battle. But it'll just be whether or not, you know, whether or not they take care of the football. So those are our picks. I don't know if we really um, picked that one. 
Well, I did. I'm taking Gate City. I, I agree. I'm, I'm taking Gate, Gate City. City. I like Gate City winning this one probably around the same scores they, they beat Lee. Um, Lee should have been in that football game. Gate City gave them the opportunity to be in that football game. Um, John Battle's better than Lee, I think, even though the points don't show that. No, they don't. Um, I think John Battle's had a tougher schedule um, so far than – than Lee has. I mean, Lee's sitting right behind Gate City, and I don't think they're better than B-High. No, I don't think Lee's better than Virginia High either. Um, the difference is the type of schedule that they've played. And, you know, PowerPoints are PowerPoints. You get a lot of points for wins, no matter who it is. Um, but uh, Lee lost to Thomas Walker <laughs> yes. earlier in the season. Yes. And that's hard for me to – that. That's a game that's hard for me to get out of my mind. I, I keep seeing Lee as this team that lost to Thomas Walker. Right. Um, and, and shout out to Thomas Walker for getting the W against their county rival. But I that wasn't when Lee lost that, it's been hard for me to get that out of my head. It's kind of like John Battle beat Abingdon at the beginning of the season, so I probably gave them more credit than what, what it was worth because Abingdon was not with their starting quarterback and a lot of different things um, at that time. So I probably I probably put more into that battle win. I'm probably not giving Lee as much credit. I mean, if you do look at the points, I mean, Lee's sitting, sitting pretty yeah. uh, as far as that's concerned. But I, I just – you know, I, I like I like Gate City in this game. So, I like Gate City like twenty six to nineteen, kind of kind of a repeat performance of what happened um, last week as far as the score is concerned. Now, if Gate City turns the ball over, could be a whole different ball game. Well, it could be twenty six nineteen battle. Yeah. Um. So before we get into our last thing, we do, uh, which. We didn't discuss it all, so good luck. Um, I know we all like to talk about how the playoff picture is looking. So really quick, for your entire two uh, or double A, it right now in two A, it's Pocosin, Central, Burton, and Amelia County. Those are your top four. When you go to two B, you have Central, a thorn in our side, Riverheads. Buckingham County and Fort Defiance. I don't think Riverheads, they're going to end up being the top dog in that if they have a say-so. Um, then 2C, which is going to be once you get out of the Mountain 7 and Southwest District, you're going to meet one of these guys, and it's Radford, Gretna, Glenvar, and Chatham. Appomattox coming in close, uh, sitting back there in fifth. But then for your 2D, your top eight is going to be Union, Graham, um, Ridgeview, Tazewell, Gate City, Lee, V High, and then Lebanon. And that means Union traveling to, or no, Lebanon traveling to Union, V High traveling to Graham, Lee traveling to Ridgeview, and Gate City coming to Tazewell. If this holds up in the next three weeks, how long has it been since the dogs have hosted a playoff game? Is that the Richlands field goal miss? Um, 
I, think, I still don't think he missed. <laughs> um, it, it very well could be the, the region championship game. Um, when Bobby Wyatt was coaching. And we had TJ and Matt Muncy. TJ and Matt Muncy. Um, the funny thing is, Richlands wins that game and then goes and plays Brookville. The Bees. Um, which has 1,400 students. They're, they're a 4A football team. Um, thank you, VHSL, for <laughs> changing the, um, the format for how, how teams are, are picked for their, their regions and, and their classifications. But, um, yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a really long time. Um, it's not something that we've talked about inside the locker room. So don't listen to this podcast if you're a dog. Well, you know, it's one of those things where none of it matters if you don't win the next game. Um, If you don't go Owen or if you don't go one and oh for the week, it doesn't really matter. So, you know, the, the, the mission is to go one and up. We just need to go one and up. Doesn't matter what happens. Um, to anyone else, if we go one and zero every week, then we'll be okay. So right now, there sits your playoff standings, and uh, just really quick, it's by points. So Lebanon is at fourteen point two. Marion, we told you if Marion wins, they could jump them because they're at fourteen point one. Battle sits at fourteen point one. Central Wise is at twelve point five. And if Richlands wants to make the playoffs, they're going to have to win the last three games of the season because they only have 10 points. Right, and it's power points. So you get you get a certain amount of points for every win, depending on the classification. You also get um, bonus points uh, for every win of your opponent. So if you beat an opponent in, say, 2A, you get 16 points for that win. And for every win that that team gets – you get two points for those wins. If you lose that game, you get six points for that loss, and you only get one point for every win that team gets. So, like, we'll take Riverheads, for example. Riverheads is 6-1. and one. We lost to them. We got six points for that loss. They've won six games. We get six bonus points. Uh, on the flip side of that, we, uh, we beat Virginia High. So we got 16 points for that win. Virginia High has three wins. We've gotten six bonus points for that win. And then they just take it and divide it by the number of games you've played to get your, to get your rating. Um, so, you know, that, that's kind of a roundabout way to have a strength of schedule put in there. Um, but you, you definitely get more points for wins, no matter right. who it's against. So, you know, wins, wins trump all, all things. Yeah. So. All right, so now to the last thing we do. <laughs> We're in the same place that we have picked already, so I had to pull back and look up real quick. So if you're, you're Gate City, you're traveling to battle, if you're just somebody listening to the podcast and you're headed to Bristol and you want a place to eat, my place of choice this week is Fat. I think it's called Fat Daddy's. Yeah, <laughs> Fat Daddy's Sub Sandwich. Um, it you you turn off right. I think it's right after Exit Three. Um, and Black the Blackbird Bakery 
the drive-through one is right beside yeah, it's it. Right beside. It's right there. Yeah, right there. So go get you a good sub and go get you something from Blackbird. Well, if I'm going to Bristol and I'm going to watch a battle uh, Gate City football game, I'm going to go back to what I went to last week, which was pizza and beer. So I'm going to go to Mellow Mushroom. <laughs> it's right there as well. It's, it's exit seven. You probably can um, walk from the stadium to yeah. Mellow. Right, and, and if you do it right, you might need to walk from Mellow to the stadium. <laughs> we appreciate you for listening to us and coming back to us. Leave us some comments how we could do better, and uh, we'll see you next week.